2: Welcome to AMR Answers. This is Sarah Bowen Shea. And this is Dimity McDowell coming to you, uh, what, are we post three days retreat, Sarah? Yeah, as we record this, yes, because it's not airing until November 1st, but you and I are headed south of the border to Rancho La Puerta, so we have to get this <laughs> in the can.
1: We are living the running rock star life for these past Twin Cities marathon, Portland retreat, Rangelo Puerta. We have a beautiful October lined up. We are very lucky, but um, but let's talk Portland for a minute because yeah, we just got home. I mean, you got home. 15 minutes after it was done,
2: <laughs> <laughs> right. which was usually, you know, I'm the one that's like, okay, Dimity's home already in bed. And I'm now getting onto my second flight wherever we've been. And I'm like, exactly, exactly. So drive yeah, cross a bridge and I'm home. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And I, I, my flight wasn't bad either.
1: I mean, Denver to Portland isn't so bad. So yeah. Yeah. So yeah. What a great weekend, huh? I mean, oh. it's, it's like one of those things that's hard to put into words. It's like summer camp. Like
2: mm-hmm. if you know, you know
1: but we can try.
2: Yes. I mean, the weather was exquisite and the group of women was just, we just gelled. There was tons of interaction with people and it was on the smaller side of a group. It was just over 40 of us. And, oh my goodness, just smiles and laughs and encouragement and great runs and around the river. And oh my gosh, and lots of stops at coffee shops. And so oh yeah, it, Stumptown, Stumptown for the win, mm-hmm. for sure, for sure. <laughs> and the
1: sea roll, what is that? Was that called? Oh, the ocean roll? Uh, the ocean, ocean roll. roll. <laughs> oh
2: yeah. Oh my gosh. Yes. That's so tasty. I was telling uh, my family, they were very envious that they had ocean rolls, um, which is a patisserie delight. So yeah, it was, and it was just some of the good food. Oh my gosh. What I keep thinking about is the gnocchi at our pre-race dinner at the Hoxton Hotel. And, oh, my gosh, this handmade gnocchi, which, you know, if, if people don't know, are you know, little kind of potato pillows that they I think they kind of pan seared them. And then it was in a simple brown butter sauce with little bits of um, butternut squash and then the fried sage leaves. That was rocking. Oh, my gosh. It was so good.
1: It was very, very good. I couldn't have named all those ingredients, but I, I, enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. That was awesome. Yeah, and it was this cool venue that was. Yeah, like you said, it was called the Hoxton Hotel, and it was like someone put on the the page, the Facebook page, the Portland Retreat Facebook page after like, were they apartments that turned into a restaurant, or restaurant then turned into apartment? I, we don't know, but um, because they had yeah. all these like a couple rooms, you know a dining table in each room basically.
2: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yes, yes. And so it led for kind of um dare I say intimate conversations including one room I guess was talking about Dipsy, the one yes. of our podcast advertisers. Oh, yes, yes. I was not I was not privy to that conversation unfortunately, but then that led to some funny signs at the race which was oh my gosh, such a beautiful race. Unfortunately, neither one of us got to participate this year, but we are cheer squad and so it's the Columbia Gorge Half Marathon. And relay. And there were two gals on the retreat who have run races in Hawaii. And they said that Columbia Gorge Race was the most beautiful race they've ever run. So that's saying something.
1: It is saying something. I mean, that that Columbia River, like it was so, so pretty just driving next to it. And I mm-hmm. love it. It had like white caps on it. It was kind of a windy day, but, mm-hmm. but a good day. Like it was the right temperatures, like all, all good. Mm-hmm. But yeah, they climbed. It wasn't an easy race, but it was a beautiful mm-hmm. race. They mm-hmm. climbed and climbed and climbed on the way out. There were some teams that did relays, um, half marathon relays. So that we went out to cheer at the turnaround point or where the teammates traded off, handed off,
2: mm-hmm. you
1: know, high-five each other. There was nothing to hand off. <laughs> and, uh, and so the person who had the first leg definitely had more climbing, but they were still climbing on the way back as well. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. but well worth it, well worth it. Everyone had that lovely Smile of satisfaction after a race. There was a great taco spread afterwards. Mm. And people were just like loving that,
2: mm-hmm. and
1: then of course we ended with uh, some karaoke, mm-hmm. as we always do, and really really fun. Like it's so funny because people are like. Oh, I don't know. I don't know if I do karaoke, and within like three songs, they're like, "Yeah, I love karaoke." <laughs> <laughs>
2: where, where do I sign up again for my next song? Right, 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 right. And also, I mean, you know, it's all kind of all shades of karaoke. There's some people who want to be on the mic. There's people who want to be backup dancers, and there's people who just want to sit there and and hoot and holler and cheer for everybody. So, yes, definitely, there's something something for everybody. Yeah, it was really great. It was just a. Uh, a joyous experience. So, uh, and a long time coming. We, we As were just so was three, 2020. Three years
1: coming. I mean, <laughs> yeah. we were saying at the end, we're like, okay, so somebody put the deposit down in 2019. Oh, so yeah. this probably felt like a free trip to you. <laughs> 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 um. So yeah, 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 everyone, yeah. Everyone was very grateful to be there.
2: Yes, 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 yes. So, well, speaking of relays, we mentioned uh, that half marathon relay. This first question is from future Ragnar runner, Emily, who's curious about training and gear for that
0: relay. Hey, this is Emily calling from Roswell, Georgia. I just wanted to say first thanks for uh, all you all do on the AMR podcast. Totally appreciate everything, all the great insight and information. I have a question about running a Ragnar. I am so excited to sign up with a group in April. We are doing ours. I know that's a long way off, but I am actually thinking already about these running in the dark runs. And also the continual kind of thing. Is there actually a way to train for these? And if so, what should I be thinking and doing? Is there any gear that you would recommend as a must-have? I'm assuming probably a headlamp. But is there anything else I need to be thinking of? We are glamping, so tents are involved, I think. But would love your advice and insight. I know you've done a couple and would love to know what you have to share. Thanks.
2: Uh, Emily, thank you so much for the podcast praise. We love recording these shows. So it's wonderful to know that folks enjoy listening to them. So, Dim, I chose this question because you mentioned our Ragnar Relay Adventures a few times during the retreat. So I figured it would be fun to reflect back on those a bit and then also give um, some advice. Ah, uh, sure. That sounds good. Yeah, we def- I, I
1: don't know why I brought it up, but definitely, I mean, anytime you get you know, a, a group of female runners together. It always kind of reminds me of Ragnar Adventures. Oh, well, the other thing that, that brought back Ragnar was we drove 15 passenger vans oh, <laughs> yes. to the Columbia Gorge <laughs> Relay. Yeah, And so that's, that's why I was like, does anyone have PTSD from any of these, you know, yeah. the coast or Ragnar? Yeah. But yeah, so that it was good fun when we had relay teams back in the day. And, and um, yeah, but mm-hmm. fortunately it was just an hour ride and we didn't get lost. I only went yeah. the wrong direction once, so...
2: Yes, 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 yes. So we did two Ragnar relays with AMR folks. I, I think you've done you've done a, at least one. You done did the trail one, right?
1: Yeah. I've never done a trail one like oh. uh, like Emily's doing, but I did one in Colorado. So it was a, but it was a lot on paths. It was still a road considered a road mm. one. The difference okay. between a trail run and a road one. Let's just point that out before mm-hmm. um, you launch, Sarah. Is yeah. So the road you probably cover about 200 miles and you go from point to point, right? Mm-hmm. So you're gonna you have a van of six and another van of six and mm-hmm. you guys leapfrog along the course and. Every Everybody runs, you know, you basically cover those 200 miles to get to point B. Mm -hmm. Trail Relay, you set up camp in the middle of the circle, basically, and there are three (laughs) loops. And Mm -hmm. so everybody on your team, you have eight people on your team, and you're each doing each of the three loops. So Loop A, B, and C, they give them colors. So, you Mm -hmm. know, green, red, blue, whatever. Mm-hmm. And then you could also have ultra teams where you only have four people on your team and then you're going to run each loop twice. But right. you, you stay in one spot, which is huge because there's not as much like coming and going, all that kind of stuff. And also there's no, well, you can get lost, but
2: it would be your own fault. On the
1: trail. <laughs> <laughs> it's not like you missed a left hand turn because your teammate forgot to tell you. that. Yeah. So.
2: And, and also the great thing about the trail ones is then you're there with your whole team. Whereas, you know, when you do a, a road one, your team's divided in two, like you said, into two different vans. So yes, you're part of the same team, but, you know, Dim, let's say I'm van one, you're van two. We wouldn't really see each other all that much during no, the No, you event. just see
1: each other during when, when those vans, you know, hand off from one another and then at the, at the end, really. Mm-hmm. So it is, it's it's kind of like two, two micro teams make one macro team there.
2: Oh, look at that. Look, look at, that. at that. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So the trail one is more of kind of a all night party and that you're all together and 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 uh, I think it sounds extraordinarily fun. I, I, I kind of feel like my relay days might be behind me. I've done two Ragnar's and then Nine Hood to Coast. So Oh wow, you did nine of those? I did I did. I, oh I, my did. Gosh. I did. Wow. <laughs> yes, uh including one or two that we were on together. Um I feel like I I feel like
1: I might have done it twice. I think I did it twice because I remember the first time I did it, I had a very overeager teammate that wanted to help me up a hill. Do you, if you remember that, Sarah. Oh, oh,
2: I told that story at the retreat. I sure oh, did do. you? I was yes. like, I well, do not need your help right now. Get back in the van. I was kind of bitchy. Um, but
1: yeah,
2: deservedly so. Uh, yeah, yeah. He was a
1: little. He was a little overreaching. I mean, I love a cheerleader, but you know, like that was a little much. But anyway, mm-hmm, yeah. So I think mm-hmm. I did it twice because because I remember I'm like, I don't want that lug again. Because I yes. one Ragnar um, and then and then we'll actually get to the advice one Ragnar I definitely remember and I. Brought Brought it up for some reason. Oh, it was when we were driving up to the transition point and we were on those hills mm-hmm. that the marathon, the Columbia Gorge Marathon, people were running up. Oh, yeah. And when we did the one that went from like rural Maryland to DC, it mm-hmm. was one leg that had crazy, crazy hills, like, mm-hmm. like long, long, never ending. And you got a belt buckle just yes. for completing it. And oh, I did yeah. that leg. Mm-hmm. Yeah, So bad. I was, and I said, I got a belt buckle. And I'm like, but it didn't really feel. You know, a belt buckle here in Colorado is like, oh, I finished the Leadville 100. You know, like, it's not like, oh, I did a really hard. Rag. <laughs> I ran three really hard hilly miles at Ragnar. I was probably more like six or seven, but, you know.
2: I did, uh, when we did the Napa Valley Ragnar, the road one, I ran what turned out to be the longest leg. I think it was nine point something. And I got, I think it was matching Wristbands like sweatbands. <laughs> oh, okay.
1: All right. <laughs> so, so it says so they probably do something for the hardest leg, probably of everyone. Do. I had no idea. Okay. Yeah.
2: Yeah. They do. They do. They do. So, so, yes. Yeah, so, for training, I mean, speaking from personal experience, I would do a, Emily, I'd do a few double run days. So, meaning getting your legs used to that, having more than one run in a 24 hour period, because it might end up being two different days. It could be 8 p.m. and then 3 a.m. Different days, but you know, they're they're close to each other in time. They probably wouldn't be that close in time. But so that, that then if you're training for it, you know, do one in the morning and one in the evening or, you know, midday and then uh, right before you go to bed, something like that. And and Dim, I hear that you read a Washington Post article that gave some advice along those lines.
1: Yeah, yeah. We, I wanted to sound like we knew what we were talking about. Uh-huh. So um, <laughs> <laughs> I just
2: actually these two
1: that could have been us 20 years ago running it and they wrote a, they wrote about it. They just did the Mount Bachelor relay mm. out. Um, It's, just, it's just another trail Ragnar. Mm-hmm. And um, they talked about running at night. I think everybody has to run at night on your team. Yes, uh, pretty much. And so so trail running at night is a very different beast than trail running during the day. Mm -hmm. And so, yes, I agree with you, Sarah, that she needs to get in a couple runs where she, you know, goes in the morning, goes at night. And they don't have to be long, hard runs, both of them. They can definitely Mm -hmm. be like four miles, four miles. It's just more the feeling of like running on tired legs. Mm -hmm. And I would also say run on trails if you can, for sure, in the day and at night. Now, you don't have to go at 2 a.m., but maybe Mm -hmm. you go so that like you go if sunset is at 7, maybe you start at quarter to 7 and plan to be out by 8.15 or something like that. You know, you don't Mm -hmm. have to, you know, make it like, you know, complete replica of what you're going to be doing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that, you know, just because I think, you know, I, I, I remember now when I read that, I was like, oh, yeah, I've definitely talked to people who have basically they end up more walking, the second leg, which is fine, Mm. you know, Mm -hmm. if they need to, just especially it depends upon the course. I don't know. We don't know which one
2: Mm
1: -hmm. uh, Emily's doing. So if it's super rocky and stuff, you're probably going to be, you know, a little bit more cautious.
2: Right, right. Exactly. Which then leads to the gear recommendations, which is you know, if you do a road relay again, which Emily's not doing, you have to have a reflective and lighted vest so that um, drivers can see you. But on a trail, that obviously isn't the case. So, you, but you really need to carry or wear several lights. You know, you want to have backup ones in case the battery goes out, or you misplace it, or something like that, because you really have to be able to see where you're going. And yeah. so, for me, and they me, recommend um, yeah. like 70 lumens. Which I mean,
1: I mean, the brighter, the better. Like mm-hmm. we're talking headlamps here. We're not, t- I mean, knuckle lights, you could use those as a like accessory, but I. you could definitely want a very good, I mean, Ragnar requires it, a good headlamp. Mm-hmm. And so that means not getting it in the dollar aisle at Target, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like I would definitely go and get one from, you know, an REI or a running store or something like that, where it really has, you know, the beam where when you have it on, people don't want to look at, at you mm-hmm. because, mm-hmm. you know, like they're, they're, that hurts their eyes. Like you want to mm-hmm. be able to have a really nice view of what's around you.
2: Yeah. And and that's another reason to practice using that gear, because I find it really disconcerting to run with a headlamp. It makes kind of that tunnel vision, you know, where everything around you seems that much darker. And it just, I don't know, it kind of messes with my head a little bit. Sure. So it's something that you want to get used to. Yeah, for sure, for sure.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Other gear tips. I mean, one thing is you're gonna want to probably pack three different outfits, obviously, and a, a lot of the people, this goes for road or trail, mm-hmm. um, running outfits, right? <laughs> and so, um, so whatever you're gonna wear, kind of put them in a ziploc bag. Put the socks. Put a dry sports bra. Put a, you know, the tank or the shirt you're gonna wear. The shorts, capris, whatever. Mm-hmm. Keep those separated so those are easy to find. I mean, in the middle of the night, your tent is gonna be probably a mess anyway Mm -hmm. um so so kind of keep those as separate as you can Mm -hmm. some other stuff that um again our friends at the washington post our new best friends Mm -hmm. recommended bringing a deck of cards or like you Mm. know uno or phase 10 or something like that to Mm -hmm. pass the time Mm -hmm. they also brought a journal for everyone to write you know a couple lines about their leg after which i think is kind of fun to look like
2: like a team journal
1: yeah, team journal.
2: Oh, that's yeah. fun. Oh, that's yeah, fun. Yeah, yeah.
1: We took pictures. I remember on our D.C. leg or on our D.C. Ragnar, we we took a picture of everybody after every leg, and that was pretty fun. Mm-hmm. Um, at the time, and then the, the, this is like new information that I'm like, wow, maybe I do want to run a trail Ragnar. Um, because <laughs> they had Ragnar put on like there was a bonfire or like a group bonfire, um, mm-hmm. where they had s'mores, they had mm-hmm. like yoga sessions, and they had like a 2 a.m. showing of Indiana Jones. <laughs>
2: Who needs Uno when you got Harrison Ford? I know, I mean, exactly. <laughs> from like 1984, <laughs> looking at his best with that cute hat on. The other
1: one, but I, they're glamping, so that's another thing. That again, this is this is all like you know beautiful like upgrades. Um, mm-hmm. but so you can you can have Ragnar set up a tent for you, and you can play. Mm. so you're gonna have like chairs and
0: wow.
1: ice and all that kind of stuff so but but they would recommend also bringing toilet paper but i think the glampers probably don't need to worry about that but yeah yeah
2: yeah. wow all right sounds posh i know it does sound kind of fun doesn't it it does it does all right well we'll be back with more questions and answers and probably some side notes along the way (laughs) after this short sponsor break stay with us
0: All
2: right. Diane has a question about pre-race tapering.
0: Hi, Dimity and Sarah. This is Diane from Naperville, Illinois. I have another question for you guys. Since it's fall marathon season and everyone seems to be tapering, I was curious about upper extremity and core strength and weight training during your taper. So I know most people recommend to cut out heavy, uh, lifting or heavy strength training in the last two weeks or so of your marathon taper does that include if you're doing like biceps and triceps work and abdominals in your core or is that just for your legs any advice that you have would be great i wasn't able to find a clear answer to that thank you so much bye
2: Okay, so we miss folks tapering for October races, but there's, <laughs> there's, there's still big races coming up this month and through the winter for our friends in the southern half of the United States. So plus, Dim, Diane's question reminded me of some comments that um, personal trainer Brittany Williams made at our Portland retreat in the strength training session that she led.
1: Yeah. So, the, so yeah. So let's talk about that for a second because, you know, we love a good sidebar before we get to the question. <laughs> yeah. So definitely runners think and um, cyclists think the same thing a lot of the time is mm-hmm. that your activity is what's going to build strength, right? So the running builds strength in your lower bodies or cycling builds strength in your lower bodies. And certainly, yes, it, it helps a little bit, but it doesn't give you the strength that you need. Mm-hmm. So a lot of times you're like, oh, now my legs are too tired. I mm-hmm. need to work my upper body. You may not need to lift you know, crazy amounts for your lower body, but you definitely need to keep your legs strong. So, yeah, that's just a common misconception, but you need to do your lunges, your squats, your glute bridges, all that stuff.
2: Mm -hmm, Right. And then during that two-week taper before a marathon or kind of the week before a half marathon, let's, let's include those folks as well, You know, I used to do a lot of strength classes and I would stop doing those during my marathon tapers because you really, in a class, you don't have, I mean, you always have free will, but, (laughs) but, but but you don't have as much, um, choice. You know, it's not like, yeah. Yeah. yeah, Yeah. It's not like you're going to be like, okay, I'm walking out of here for the next 20 minutes while you do that lower body part of the workout. So that. You know, I would maybe in the, the first week of the taper, I would be doing some some strength training, but not much. And so I, I personally cut most of it out during the two week taper before a marathon.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I would if you have a two week, I would say that week before you could still probably do a light version of what you do. And mm-hmm. then even the week leading in, Um, I, I think so the week before, I think you could do lower body lightly. Lately mm-hmm. and upper body for sure. Mm-hmm. And then the second week, those first couple days, like Monday, Tuesday, if you feel like you want to, you know, get in some push ups, do a couple planks, whatever you do for your upper body and core, I think that's fine. But again, we're not looking to you know, do max reps of your pushups, right? (laughs) Like if you normally do like, just say four sets of 10, maybe you do two sets of 10. You know, if you do four planks, again, maybe you do one or two, like, so I mean, because you do get so antsy during the taper or you can't, I'm not saying you must, but a lot Mm -hmm. of people do. And so, you know, having a little bit of an outlet there, I think is good. And again, as long as you're not like, doing it to get a workout, but more just like, okay, I want to move my body. I want to prevent stiffness. I want to like engage my core, you know, just kind of just feel like, you know, I'm just making sure everything's in place. Kind of like, Mm -hmm. you know, a short run, like, cause you do do short runs and Mm -hmm. you do do some, you know, a lot of times you do some strides or some pickups or something like Mm -hmm. that to kind of feel your running, running body. And I don't think that there's anything wrong with feeling your... Your upper body, <laughs> right, 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 right. <laughs> which is hardy running body. But again, yeah. like, you know, I probably wouldn't do it Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. I would mm-hmm. just, you know, if you're racing on Saturday.
2: Yeah. Also, because, I mean, the the thing is, is you're not going to get any benefits that are going to give you any rewards on race day. You no. Know, it's it's not like the strength training you do on Wednesday is going to make you faster for your Sunday run. So. You know, hopefully life is long, so you'll have other days to be able to do your strength training. And so, right now, you just need to kind of focus, Diane, on your race. And, you know, if you get a little bit of the taper crazies, just remind yourself that it's normal. As Timothy said, you know, getting, you know, kind of seeing how things feel, but not really pushing them very much because you're not going to get any benefits and you could ultimately be kind of hampering all the hard work that you did during training. So, you want to have your best possible results on race day. Yes,
1: you do. You do want to have your best possible results on race day. You're right there, Sarah. Yep. Cool.
2: Cool. (laughs) All right. Well, this is Jackie who wants to know non-sporty ways that we sweat.
0: Hi, this is Jackie calling from Park City, Montana. Um, I was cleaning my house and listening to the podcast and had a question for you guys. Just kind of a fun thing I was thinking about. What are your favorite non-traditional cross-training things to do so mine include cleaning because i can tell you i'm sweating my face off right now and i've also included farming throwing irrigation pipe uh chasing kids just anything that really gets my body moving because and sweating because i sweat a lot so just curious what you guys had for that and love the podcast thank you (laughs) um it's lying in bed
1: at night with us Hot flashes count. We're <laughs> sitting here right now in this room with the windows closed and the dogs in here.
2: Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Yeah. When I heard this question, I'm like, oh yeah, we're doing this one. This is the, actually the first, <laughs> the first question that I picked, but I always like saving kind of the slightly kookier question for last. So uh, yeah. 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 And I also love that it sprang to Jackie's mind as she was cleaning and sweating. So I have a seasonal favorite. Um, mm-hmm. it, is, it is not pumpkin spice, it is raking leaves. I adore. Or raking leaves. And I actually told that to Brittany this morning. I told her about this question because I wanted to see her input. And she looked at me like, You're nuts. Why do you like raking leaves? <laughs>
1: well, and let's let, I mean, I don't discredit your raking leaves. You also have a very small manageable yard. yard. <laughs> <laughs> you want to come rake leaves at my house? <laughs> We've got two huge trees. Actually, it's not that bad here. But but yeah, it, I think it depends upon the size of the task, right? Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. raking leaves to me, I mean, I'm I'm better at wearing gloves now, but. Gosh, I just, it's just blisters.
2: That's my, oh my issue. gosh, me, that's so funny. Oh my yeah. gosh. Yeah. Oh, oh my gosh. Um, I just love being outside and I love a task that has real before and after qualities yeah. to it. So, and also here in Portland, you just rake your leaves into the street and then on a, the appointed days, the city comes and picks them up. So, because putting them into bags or a tarp, oh my gosh, when we were, when I was a kid, my family, you know, we'd get out the big burlap. I yeah. guess that's a tarp. Can a tarp be made from burlap? Um, And uh, so then we'd have to, you know, put them onto the tarp and then, you know, go like Santa style over your shoulder and take it to the compost heap in the corner of the yard. So,
1: yeah. Yeah. And then we put them in. We put ours in. Uh, we get the, oh, the, the paper bags, you know, mm-hmm. from
2: Ace and yeah. do
1: that. But yeah, so you you don't even have to bend down and pick them up, Sarah.
2: Oh, I know. I know. But, but. Okay. People, so okay. We have, a, we, have a, you, <laughs> we have a massive oak tree in front of our house. Massive. And that bad boy drops so many leaves. And we have three maple trees. We got a lot of leaves for not being a very big yard. I'm <laughs> just saying that, like,
1: bending down and picking them up is is mm. is the pain in the butt. And then oh, you're like... Most certainly. It's like, it's like the sweeping part, you know, like when you sweep something, you know, and mm-hmm. you're like... Oh, I have to. I have to. You know, you like the dustpan's full. You're like, I got it all. And you're like, No, I didn't. There's four more leaves. No, there's five more leaves. There's six more leaves. You know, and <laughs> oh, no. you're just like, I'm not done. I'm not done.
2: Oh um, yeah, 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 yeah. And so, but I also the whole before and after thing. I when I lived out east, I did enjoy shoveling snow. Um, oh, okay.
1: Yeah, yeah. That that is a very um satisfying task. Hmm. Hmm.
2: Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. So okay. So Tim, you really haven't said any of the any. Well, <laughs> I, I don't know that
1: I enjoy any of them. I mean. I sweat doing, I mean, yes, so, I mean, gardening, but that's, I don't really sweat doing that. I mean, sometimes, Mm. yeah, definitely when I'm like planting in the summertime or you know, in the springtime and I'm like hauling around bags of, you know, compost and, you know, new soil and that kind of stuff. Like and mm-hmm. you know, I'm digging in the dirt and all that. That definitely makes me sweat. I mean, I'll rake, but it's not, it's not something that I look forward to with the fondness that you do, which I very <laughs> much appreciate how much you um how much you like that. So that's awesome. I mean, I like a clean floor sweeping, you know, again that sweeping is kind of fun in that non-fun way. I mean, the thing that gets me going a lot is like organizing stuff, I guess. Oh. I mean it's mostly like so we redid our main floors. We had to refinish them um this summer. Mm-hmm. So basically you have to move out, right? You have to move out. You have to move every piece of furniture, mm-hmm. every you know cuz everything is just becomes like a dust magnet so every book everything so a lot of going up and down the stairs with you know boxes of books bags of you know whatever um moving furniture i don't enjoy moving furniture though i don't mind moving books and things in a manageable mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. size mm-hmm. I mean, I guess that's it. I mean, it's a really good question. I mean, you know, scrubbing, you know, again, I, I really like the after. It's it's a lot like running, right? Like, <laughs> I don't enjoy scrubbing the floorboards, but I do it because I love what they look like afterwards, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. that kind of thing. So, yeah, um, that's the before and after, I guess, that you're talking about with raking.
2: Yes, 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 yes. Which the in, the interior version that is sweeping. And I'm genetically predispositioned to be a lover of sweeping because my dad was a big sweeper.
1: Oh, Love yes. it. That's good. Mm-hmm. That's good. Does Augie shed? Do your cats and Augie shed much or not really?
2: Oh my gosh! Occasionally. So uh, we and we have two cats, which unfortunately you only got to meet one of them when you were here, Dim, because Pablo decided to run off. Um, but Pablo is a large black cat, and oh my gosh, sometimes they're just massive black balls of fur. And so, um, like the other day, I was like, "Wow, there's a lot on the steps of the basement." So I swept the stairs to the basement.
1: Stairs are really satisfying, right? You like pull, mm. you pull like the load down from the next one. That's oh really yeah, fun. oh I enjoy yeah, that. Okay. yeah.
2: <laughs>
1: and you're like, and then on the last one, you do get it all up because yeah. you have the lip of the last step. <laughs> yes, yeah. yes, yes, yeah. yes.
2: Oh my goodness! Oh my goodness! All right, <laughs>
1: all right. Well, if you have any great questions like this one or any other ones, we love answering them. We love uh, chatting with each other. Give us a call at four seven zero badass one, which is four seven zero two two three. 2771. Leave your first name and where you're calling from. Keep your message to about a minute or less. The number is in our show notes. So just take a peek there and just click on it and you'll be taken right to our Google voicemail.
2: Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. And if the talk of the Portland retreat was enticing to you, check out our 2023 retreats. We have three of them coming up. You can find out all the details, including, so we're going to Eau Claire, Wisconsin. We're returning there at the end of April. We are headed back to Oregon to central Oregon in second weekend in June. And then in early November, we are going back to Hilton Head Island for the third time. And the details about all that and how to register for that is all on anothermotherrunner.com. Click on the events and you'll see a dropdown where all the details about our 2023 retreats are. And our podcast today was produced in St. Paul, Minnesota by Barry Madour from Fire on the Bluff.
1: Keep those questions coming. We're here with answers and Sarah is available for hire for your yard. <laughs>